James chapter 1 and verse 2, we're going to talk about count it all joy. And so in this particular verse, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. So God instructs us, no matter what we're facing in life, uh, that we are to count it joy or we are to consider it joy. In other words, you rejoice in spite of what you're facing, no matter what's going on. You rejoice in the middle of your trial or you rejoice in the middle of your test and you rejoice your way all the way through it. And so count it joy when you fall into divers temptations, divers meaning different kinds of tests, temptations, or trials. So when trials come or tests come, uh, God has already instructed us what to do. We learn to rejoice, and the best time for you to rejoice for sure is when you are in a test or in a trial and actually, Peter calls it sometimes a fiery trial. In other words, when the heat is up, you turn up the joy. He said, count it all joy. One translation says it this way, count it maximum joy. In other words, you can turn up the joy level when the heat is on. When the heat or the fiery trial seems like it's uh, turned up in your life, thank God you can rejoice right in the face of it. Praise God. If three Hebrew boys could go right in the middle of a fire that was heated up seven times hotter because he really wanted to take them out, well, I'll tell you, God himself will step right in the middle. Jesus Christ himself will step right in the middle of your fire. Whatever is trying to burn you and consume you or take you out, thank God for the word of God and the Holy Spirit and God himself and Jesus himself standing right in the middle of your fire, right in the middle of the heated point in your life. Thank God when it seems like it's seven times hotter and it would consume you, Thank God, God will not let you be consumed. In the middle of the fire, you will get through. <laughs> but one of the keys to your getting through this time of testing in your life, whatever the test is, and of course, uh, we're all tested and have some trial here uh, in our city, in our state, in our nation, in our world. When it comes to this virus, it is... Uh, all around in the world, but thank God Jesus is in us, and greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. It's an economic storm, of course, in our nation and in our world as well, but in the middle of the storm or in the middle of the fire, God will not allow us to be consumed when we put our trust in him, and one of the ways to maintain your deliverance and your freedom and your preservation in the fiery trial that comes your way is to rest in God and to rejoice in Him and know that your joy will get you through. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It strengthens your spirit. It strengthens your soul. strengthens you physically so that you can go through the trial and the test that comes to your life. So when the fiery trial or the, uh, the uh, fire is turned up hotter in your life, just turn up the joy level and crank it up another notch or two or three or four and go from one joy to two joy to three joy to four joy to five joy to six joy to seven joy to eight joy to nine joy to ten joy and rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Because your joy will strengthen your spirit and the joy of the Lord is your strength to get through any trial, any test 
that has come against your life. So maintain the joy of the Lord. He turned your sorrow into joy. And you don't have to be cast down in a time like this, but you can maintain the joy of the Lord and look unto Him because He is the author and the finisher of your faith. So he said, my brethren, count it all joy or maximum joy. You consider if you have uh, sometimes on an uh, air-conditioned unit in your car. We uh, happen to live in Las Vegas, and uh, we have really, really nice weather right now. But not too long from now, it's going to be hot. And when the heat comes, you want to turn the air up in your car. So uh, a lot of times in the car, it'll, it'll have max. That means maximum. This is high as it goes. And sometimes we need to turn our joy level up to maximum. And it'll cool down. Hallelujah. Our car. So uh, the Holy Spirit will cool down your life when the heat of the fiery trial is trying to uh, consume you and get to you. Thank God you can maintain the joy of the Lord in your life and turn up your joy level and just run the devil out of your soul, out of your mind, out of your house, out of your family, out of your body, out of your uh, thinking. Thank God you can rejoice in the Lord and rejoice your way through the heat or the fiery trial that comes against your life. Now let's go to verse 3. He said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith or the testing of your faith. He actually didn't say, knowing this, that the test on your life. He said, the testing of your faith. Now, it's a test against you. In other words, it's something the devil may use to come against you. But really, he's trying to uh, stop your faith. And the devil is wanting to stop you in your faith. Because if he can stop you in your faith or he can stop you from believing God, he can hinder you in your life. So he's really after your faith more than anything. Because if he can get your faith, he can get you. But he can't get you because he can't get your faith. You're holding fast to the confession of your faith. Praise God. So he said in this particular uh, verse again that uh, you got to know this. Know this. Be aware of this. Knowing this, that the trying or the testing of your faith works what? Patience. Now the word patience there in different translations, uh, be rendered differently. But basically, most of the time, it'll render it endurance. And so the Amplified Bible says patience uh, it has the word endurance, steadfastness, and patience. That the trying or the testing of your faith works endurance, steadfastness, and patience. So when your faith is being tried or your faith is being tested, your believing God is being tested, and uh, when the test is on, you really find out what you believe. Uh, Because, you know, you could just believe uh, whatever sometimes and things are going well. You could kind of just sail through life and uh, you just kind of float through life and all is good, all is well. uh, But then when the test is on, you find out what you really believe. It's not just a confession you make when all is well. It's a confession of the word when everything looks like hell just broke loose. Thank God for the word. And the Holy Spirit works in you in the heated times. The Holy Spirit works in you in the difficult times. The Holy Spirit and word of faith works in you when the challenge is on and when the test is on. And so, you know, you could say, well, I know all the answers to uh, the questions On the test, but uh, we find out when you're actually taking the test. 
Your parents maybe say, well, you need to study some more. You, you know in your own mind you need to study some more in preparation for the test. But then you get in the room and you kind of uh, just messed around before it was testing time. You got in the room and you found out you didn't know as much as you thought you knew. But under the test, you find out really what you know. And uh, the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance what you have heard. And so if the Holy Spirit brings it to your remembrance, then you have to act on the word that you know to be the truth. And when you do, then God will bring you through. And so the, the test of life uh, really actually, according to this verse, works endurance. It works patience or steadfastness. In other words, you begin to be uh, steadfast in your faith, immovable. You're not moving off the Word of God. You're going to stand on the Word of God. You know, sometimes people can quote a few verses when everything is well, but are you speaking the Word when it looks like things aren't so well? That's when you find out what is on the inside. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we want to, you know, so if you found out I didn't have as much word in me and I didn't have as much faith as I thought I had, well, it's a good time to just go ahead and ramp it up and uh, feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. Feed your faith and starve doubt out. And so when the test is on and you speak the word, then you're building stamina, you're building endurance, you're building steadfastness in your life so that you're stable, you're immovable. And it's like uh, the, the parable where uh, one uh, man, he built his house on the sand. And when the floods and the rains and the storm came, it says that his house was washed away. And uh, it didn't stand in the time of testing or floods or storms. Well, then the other man, he built his house uh, on the rock. And he was like a man that heard the word but also did the word. The other one heard the word but he didn't do it. So if you build your house on the rock, you're going to have to uh, uh, do something with what you hear. In other words, you have to act on the word of God that you hear. And action really stabilizes your life. You know, uh, for many years, I, as a uh, person, uh, just wanting to uh, build some stamina in my life. Uh, originally, when I uh, first started pastoring the church, you know, I was very engaged in studying the Word and, and praying and, and ministering to people and preaching. But I found out uh, after preaching like three times a day, and that was early on in the ministry here at Word of Life in Las Vegas, and we're talking 30-some years ago. And uh, so uh, 35 years ago, we were preaching about three services a day. And so when we were preaching three services a day, I found out at, on Sunday night, I didn't have as much stamina as I thought I had. So I found out I needed to do some exercise. Before that, I'd worked in construction, and so I was, you know, f physically fit and strong. And, uh, but after not doing that and working ministry-wise and preaching three times a day, I didn't have the stamina, so I felt it really at night when I went home. So I said, I got to do something. So I started doing some exercise, and one of the things I started doing was jogging. So I started jogging, and I jogged at that time uh, consistently. You know, maybe uh, three, three, four miles a day. 
uh, for about five to six days a week. So I would do that every day I'd get out, no matter what it looked like outside. I mean, in Las Vegas, most of the time our weather's not so intense, you know, except in the, in the heat of the summer, maybe a few uh, times in the winter it can be really cold or windy. Or So I would just face the winds and I would, or face the heat, and I'd get out there and jog. And uh, how, I, how I built stamina was by doing. How I built steadfastness or uh, endurance was by actually doing it. You know, you can look at somebody exercise on television. It's not going to actually change your physical being. Uh, it, it might uh, encourage you that it is possible. I sure would like to look like that. Well, you don't look like that because you watch somebody else exercise. You look like that because you exercise. And so if you want to build stamina now, you know, you don't go out the first day if you've not exercised in 20 years and say, well, I'm going to run five miles a day. Well, we'll just watch you uh, quit in about half a mile. And so uh, what you what you got to do is you got to build up to miles. You've got to build up in, in, in your stamina, in your and your ability or endurance and ability uh, to run your race. And so I encourage you, uh, spiritually, you got to build your faith, and you've got to stand on the Word of God when the test is on. Well, when you're building up that endurance or that stamina, it might not be so easy, but if you'll keep, keep at it and you'll push through it, it gets easier and easier because you built endurance. And the same is true about your faith. That if you just keep pressing on and you keep speaking the word and uh, doing what you know to do according to the word of God, then the Holy Spirit builds that steadfastness, that stamina on the inside of you and what you're building that endurance in your life. You're able to stand in the time of test. And everybody, you know, the test of life comes to everybody. So no one is exempt. And it's quite an interesting thing. Uh, if you didn't feel like you were tested uh, five weeks ago, now you might maybe do. Because uh, it's affecting everybody's life. It's affecting everybody's world, so to speak. So when the test is on, just thank God you're going to make it through. Why? Because you have endurance. You're not going to collapse in the middle of the uh, fiery trial. You're not going to stop in the middle of the test or the pressure that is coming against you or this desire to just quit or give up. No, you keep pressing on in Jesus' name. So then the word here means endurance, steadfastness, or patience. Now go to the next verse. He says, but let patience have her perfect work. So again, let endurance or steadfastness or uh, patience, let endurance, steadfastness, patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So if we let patience have a perfect work, in other words, you count it all joy. You maintain your joy. You turn up to maximum joy. You maintain the spirit of faith, and you maintain the joy of the Lord, and you maintain your confession under the pressure in the time of testing. When you do that, he said, you'll let patience have her perfect work, and you will be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. So in other words, God, even under the pressure points or pressure times or the fiery trial in your life, when they come, 
When you let patience have a perfect work, you will be perfect and entire and you will not lack for anything. So God will bring you through and he'll provide for you and he will strengthen you and he will heal you or he will protect you, preserve you and salvation, deliverance, healing and preservation will happen in your life. Why? Because you maintain the joy of the Lord. You let patience have a perfect work. You were perfect and entire, lacking, wanting nothing as a result. So the end result is that you lack for nothing. Hallelujah. So be confident that God is faithful. He is faithful to you. He is faithful to his word. And your faith will see you through. Faith will work at any time, in any situation, in any pressure point, in any situation that you face in life. No matter how hot it seems, no matter how big of a fiery trial it may be, faith will get us through the trial in our personal lives, in our family, in our nation, in our world, faith in God will get us through whatever test comes to our lives. God will see us through. Amen. So faith in God is what makes it happen. So don't let go of your faith or don't let the go of the confession of faith or don't let go of your joy and don't let this world put you down or keep you down or get you down. Amen. So the next verse says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. If any of you lack wisdom. Now consider where this verse is. Now any verse, you can take it out, lift it out of context, and you can apply it. Generally speaking, not always, but generally speaking, the principles are applicable to life. He says, in the middle of a fiery trial, in the middle of your test, in the middle of the pressure, in the middle of things happening in your life that you don't even have a full understanding of. And, you know, it says, uh, when you fall into divers' temptation, I mean, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation. I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but I didn't plan for this to happen in our world. Uh, I didn't think, well, you know... Uh, This is going to happen next week. No. I didn't think it was going to happen like this. I didn't have a a precluded idea that uh, this was going to happen. It's going to affect the whole world. It's going to basically shut down Las Vegas. I didn't have that concept. And most people didn't have that concept. So in your case of not knowing, I mean, falling into divers' temptation, if you think about it, Uh, It implies that you didn't know. I mean, if you were planning to fall, you would probably uh, be like, uh, you know, somebody that was um, in the movies, you know. They're just a stand-in, and they they know how to fall. And so uh, we're we're not just stand-ins here. We're like the real person. And we have to deal with life as it comes. And sometimes it comes, and we didn't have have it figured out. We didn't have it planned for. And uh, so here we are. And so uh, in that time when you fall into divers' temptation or, and it occurs in your life, then you uh, just take the fall, you deal with it, and you face it, and you count it all joy. And you endure through the test because you've hit the wall before or you have uh, faced some things in your life before, maybe not the same kind of thing, but something in your life that has helped you to build your faith. In other words, you took... Uh, uh, t- 
took courage in the moment of testing and you stayed steady in the Word of God and your faith was increased and your endurance was increased. So if you can get through one, you can get through the next one. If you can get through that one, you can get through the next one. And so building your faith and building your steadfastness uh, through obeying the Word and doing the Word and standing on the Word when the floods come and when the rains come and, and when the storms of life come, then you're able to stand and your house stands. And when it's all said and done, you're still standing when the floods have subsided, the rains have ceased, and, and the washout has occurred. You're still there. You're still standing. Why? Because your faith is built on something bigger than anything that happens in this world. Your faith is in God and in His eternal Word. And the Word of God will not change heaven and earth will pass away, but he said his word will not change. It will not be altered. The word of God will stand. And so you can stand on something that is secure, something that is sound, something that is immovable, something that will be there when everything else falls. So know that the word of God will hold you steady. And if you put your faith in God, you will make it through. Now, one of the keys to making it through any storm or any test or any trial in your life If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. When you don't know what to do, go to God because he knows. He has the answer for every situation. He has the answer in every test or in every trial. What is my response? What am I going to do if anyone lacks wisdom? Again, we didn't know. Most people didn't have a clue that this was going to happen the way it has happened. So here we are. So what do you do? You ask God for wisdom. Anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That gives to all men liberally. So God will give you liberal wisdom, wisdom necessary to navigate the situation or the test that you may be faced with. So the test of life, as I said, comes to everyone. And in this case, it seems like it's affected everyone all over the world. So if this test is uh, something we have to face, we need the wisdom of God to navigate through the test. Or navigate through uh, perhaps like a maze, whatever it is. got to navigate as you go along. So if you knew everything, you would just say, well, let's just go around here and we're there. But... When you have tests, and there's another area of the test with the bigger test, so what do we do now? How do we do this? Well, the Holy Spirit knows everything. He knew it before it happened. He knew how to get through it before it even came. So God knows, and he has the answers. He said, if any of us lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally, and he basically will give you what wisdom you need and what wisdom you ask for. So asking is essential because God said, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Which means now we're dependent on God. So easily in our world, we've lived very comfortably. And uh, so we uh, can, as much as we think we're depending on God, sometimes we're not as much as we think we are. In other words, when we are faced with things that we don't know the answers to, then we look more to God. So when we ask of God, he said, let let us ask of God. When we ask God for wisdom, then that means, God, I need you. I need your help. I need your insight. I need your wisdom. Wisdom is simply insight into the way God sees. 
And so God sees what we don't see. And if we'll look to him, he'll, he'll give us the necessary wisdom to navigate the situation as it comes. And whatever we have to deal with, we'll get to the other side. Praise God. So if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. He said it shall be given. So God's not going to withhold wisdom from you. If you ask for it, you need it, you want it, you ask for it and desire it, you will receive it. Next verse, verse uh, uh, 6 says, but let him ask in faith. Let him ask how in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So if you're going to ask for God's wisdom, we're not going to waver about it. We believe we receive. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. God, I believe for your wisdom. I may not have it all yet. I may not know what to do yet, but I believe I receive it. So in, in my life, for many years, I've uh, made this confession. I know what to do. I know when to do. I know how to do. I know with whom to do. So when I don't know what to do, I say, I know what to do. When it doesn't look like I have the answers, I say, I know what to do. Meaning, I'm trusting God. I'm trusting in you, Lord. And I believe I know what to do. I know when to do it. I know how to do it. I know with whom to do it. And I will act on that wisdom. And God will help me to navigate the situation. So in your life, I trust you. Uh, trust that you as well will say, God, I'm looking to you, I'm trusting you, and I'm believing that you're giving me wisdom to navigate this situation in my uh, personal life, in my job, my business, whatever you're having to deal with in your life. Just know God's wisdom will help you get through this time of test. He says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So when you're doubting yourself, or you're doubting what Holy Spirit is given to you, say, Holy Spirit, give me clarity. Give me conviction. Give me confidence that this is your direction, this is your desire, this is your will, this is your plan, and I'm trusting you to help me to navigate this situation. Verse 7, but let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. He said, in other words, a person that wavers back and forth, he says, don't let that person think that he shall receive anything in the Lord, of the Lord. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Well, let me give you a for instance here. Verse 12. Skip down for a minute. Blessed is a man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. In other words, people waver back and forth. They waver about, well, is this God tempting me? Is God bringing this on me? Is God bringing this into our world? Well, let's just read the verse again. He said, let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he with any man. Now, I would call the coronavirus evil. I call sickness and disease evil. It destroys lives. It takes lives. It puts fear in people's hearts and minds. I call that evil. He said, let no man say when he's tempted of evil. That it's God tempting him. So I'm not going to be double-minded. Well, maybe this is God. Maybe this is the devil. I would just say it's the devil. 
and just resist the devil. It's hard to resist something you think is God. If you know it's the devil, then you resist it like it's the devil. And you resist the devil faithfully based on his word of God, on the word of God. So you say what God's word says. He said, God's not tempting us with evil, neither tempted he any man. All right, so let's go down a little further in this same passage in verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God doesn't get up and say, well, today I'm going to be evil. Tomorrow I'm going to be good. No, next day I'll be evil today. Next day I'm going to be good. No, God's a good God all the time. It's the goodness of God, even the scripture says, that leads us to repentance. God is a good, good God. So if we understand God's goodness, then we're not so vacillating, wavering back and forth Well, maybe this is God, maybe this is God, maybe this is not God, maybe this is a devil. And there's so so many different uh, ideas about what's going on. It's evil, it's the devil, sickness and disease is the foul offspring of his father, Satan, its mother, sin. It's of the devil. I'm going to resist it like it's the devil. I'm going to stand on God's word, and Jesus is the healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease through the person of Jesus Christ. Surely he's borne our sicknesses. He's carried our pains. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement to give us peace was on him, and with his stripes we are healed. Healing belongs to us as children of God. So that would be my exhortation. To you, don't let fear invade your mind that robs you of your joy and your peace. Thank God, the Word of God is true. We resist fear, we resist uh, depression or negative thinking, we resist disease like it's the devil. And if you do, then the devil has to flee from you. (laughs) So maintain a spirit of faith and don't waver and wonder. If maybe God is bringing this on us. No, let's just go ahead and say it's the devil and resist it like it's the devil. And every good and perfect gift, healing comes from God. That's a good gift. That's a perfect gift. Healing comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is in the business of giving good things to his kids. Now, when you're faced with uh, challenge, you're faced with tests, you've got to resist it. Faith was made for this kind of thing. Faith was made for the time of testing. And it says the trying of your faith. If you maintain joy and you maintain endurance and your steadfastness, he said you will be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. In other words, in the time of testing, God will take care of you. After the time of testing is over, the blessing of God will be on you because God is faithful to his word. So let's go, if you will, to Hebrews. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to begin with verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Verse 1 says, seeing, wherefore seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. 
Now, the witnesses, this cloud of witnesses, is actually listed out in Hebrews chapter 11. He starts out the chapter in Hebrews chapter 11, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And he talks about all of the different men and women of faith in the scriptures that by faith they overcame. By faith they were able to accomplish the will of God. And none of them were like just like uh, living on a bed of ease and everything was cool, you know, all is well. No, God uh, had them go through things by faith, had them do things by faith. So every one of them had to act on the word of God that they heard or they believed. They had to act like the Bible was true and act like God is true and faithful to his word. They had to act like it even when others didn't understand him. There were great adversities in front of him, great challenges in their life. But they had to, by faith, do what God said, act like God was true to his word, faithful to his word. And so that's what they did. And then he says, wherefore, in verse one of chapter 12, after he's listed out all of these people that have by faith accomplished what they accomplished, he said, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. That word patience, again, has to do with endurance as well. Let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. I use the illustration of my own life uh, for running. I ran for many years. I did that for 20, uh, at least 20 years. And so I, I, I did that as an exercise. I do different types of exercise. I use an elliptical uh, primarily and treadmills and walk. But I, I don't run. So I just slowed it down a bit. And did it a little differently. And so I still exercise. And maintain that for the purposes of health. So that you maintain stamina. You maintain uh, endurance. So here he says that we are to run this race that is set before us. And the race that is set before us does not mean that it's always an easy, non-inclement weather. In other words, uh, this is all-terrain stuff. This is... You get out and you run. Like I said, I'd run when it was windy outside. I'd run when it was cold. I'd run if it was raining, which it doesn't rain much in Las Vegas. But I'd run uh, if it was hot and very hot. And I'd just keep running. Why? Because I wanted to maintain endurance, maintain stamina. So in your life, you don't just run this race when everything is good. You run it all the time. You don't run it just when things are well and you're really feeling good about getting out in the heat today. No, you run it when you don't feel like it. You know, actually, there's a scripture in the book of Proverbs. Uh, it says, is there a lion in the street? Which means that you want to just stay in and you don't want to go out. He said, is there a lion in the street? So sometimes people think, well, there's a lion out there. It's cold today. Uh, it, it's hot today. It's a, a little windy today. Oh, it's like... Too much of a breeze today. All right, so, and so whatever's happening outside sometimes uh, would hinder people from going out and doing what they need to do. Well, in your life, when you are running this race of faith and obeying God and fulfilling the will of God for your life, there is uh, going to be times of adversity. Well, we're in a great time of adversity in our world today, but we're going to keep running this race. And how do we do that? Verse 2, looking unto Jesus. 
looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now look at this verse. Look into Jesus. We're looking to Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Meaning he authored your faith. He began your faith. He's also the finisher of your faith. Now God works in you to give you faith. And he works in you to maintain your faith. And he works in you to keep your faith. And to maintain your confession of faith. And he works in you to finish your faith. In other words, he's the author and the finisher. He doesn't just get you in this race so that you can quit in the middle of the race. He doesn't get you in the middle of the storm or in the middle of the test or in the middle of the heated moment, in the middle of the challenge or the adversity and say, well, I'm just going to let it go and give up. No, he wants you to go through. He wants you to go through the test. He wants you to go through the fire, come out of the fire like the three Hebrew boys. They went through the fire. They went through the testing. They went through the trial. And they came out with not even a hair singe, not even the smell of smoke. The only thing that burned off were the ropes. So supernaturally, God gets you through the storm. God gets you through the fire. Supernaturally, God gets you through those testing points in your life. And sometimes the tests last longer. We gave you an example of Jesus. He was tempted of the devil in the wilderness for 40 days. Hallelujah. On Wednesday night, we talked about how uh, the children of Israel, they went in to spy the land. Actually, it was 12 spies, one from each tribe. They went in to spy out the land. And they were spying out the land to see what kind of land it was. They were considering what they were going to face. Ten came back with an evil report of unbelief. Two of them came back with a spirit of faith. And they believed that they were well able to take the land. So the same tests were facing all twelve. In other words, they all had to choose to believe the Word of God, believe the promise of God. They could choose to believe that or they could choose not to believe that. In our lives, we can choose to believe the promises of God in the time of testing, or we can choose not to believe the promises of God when the test is on. My encouragement to you is believe the promises of God that we're going through the test, we're going to get to the other side, and we'll come out not even smelling like smoke. God will get us through, but we have to trust Him, believe Him in the middle of the test in order to get out of the fire. So we're coming out of the fire, we're coming out on the other side, and we're coming out in victory in Jesus' name. So he says, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame. What? He endured the cross. We're looking to somebody that has already endured more than any of us will ever have to endure. We're looking to Jesus Christ who endured the cross even though he despised the shame. He didn't want to do that naturally. That was not pleasing except it was pleasing to God for him to obey. 
to redeem humanity. So he's our example. If he can get through the cross and get to the other side, to the resurrection, we can get through this test and we can get to the other side because we're looking to him who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He that has begun a good work in us will finish it. He will complete it. And it says, and he is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3 says, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. So if you faint, according to scripture, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So we're not going to faint in the day of adversity because we're considering Jesus. We're considering him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. And we're not going to get weary and we're not going to faint in our minds. You have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. You didn't have to die on a cross. You didn't have to shed your blood in that way. You didn't have to give all your life. No, you're giving yourself to Jesus and God's getting you through. And in faith, we will go through and we will get to the resurrection side of this storm or this test. And we'll come out of the fire and we'll get God's best in Jesus' name. Let me encourage you. The blood of Jesus is over you. The grace of God is on you. The angels of the Lord surround you. And you are under God's good protection. And you can say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust even though I may be in the fire. I'm not going to be consumed. I'm not going to be taken out. I'm not going to have the devil rob nor steal or kill. I'm coming through the fire and the ropes are burned off and not a hair is singed. And I don't even smell like smoke. Hallelujah. Well, look back and say, God kept us in the storm. God brought us through the fire. You go through the fire, through the floods. And you come out on the other side, and you're strong in the Lord, and you have greater endurance than you've ever had before, and you're ready for anything that comes, because God is for you, and if God be for you, who or what can be against you? So be encouraged today. God is with you for you, and your faith will see you through, and the trying of your faith will build endurance, and you'll win in life in Jesus' name.